life, another episode. So the thing I was just thinking about before I hit record is we have to always ask ourselves, am I a bad person? Am I mostly bad? What percentage of bad am I? Because to me, when I look at people, I always think everybody is a percent, right? A percent of good, a percent of bad, a percent of eh. So if you're a good person, usually, usually you're at a ratio of, let's say, 75-25, 80-20, right? Your baggage is 20%, your bad days, whatever. Maybe sometimes you have such a toxic 10 or 20%, right? You have people that are good people, but they're just going to create crazy Hulk mode. Someone like me, or my 5% of bad is probably too much for a lot of people. They see that 5% and they just go, wow, blow their mind, right? that sometimes like say Brazilian people or Italian people anybody you can see it with them where they're just the warmest kindest people and be your worst enemy right because their heart can go both ways as deep as they'll love you is as deep as they hurt is as deep as they'll they'll lash out at you but most people are, are a ratio and you have to sort of size people up. You're always sizing people up. You're always judging them. You're, ba- you're judging them based on your experience, based on your intuition. You're judging them based on a look in their face, a look in their eyes. But we don't always know. We might just be catching them on a bad day. We might be catching them on the worst day of their life, like when I was a journalist. Knock on people's doors. You're getting them on one of the worst days of their lives. You can't. A lot of times you can't judge people by that. A lot of people, I saw this in the fight game, and you see this in a lot of really high performers. They have a, they have a demon chase. I, mean, I always say every great fighter, every great combat sports athlete, every great anything, anybody I've seen super successful in business, they all have a screw loose. They all, there's always something. There's always a big ego, by the way. So, oh, I see all this stuff on LinkedIn about humility and leaders need to be humble and this and that. And it's like, yeah. What you actually mean is feigning humility, faking humility. As one of my lawyer friends said, eh, people try to have they try to have it so that their big ego is not perceptible. So people can't pick up on it. But you trust you me, if we're if we're keeping score in the sports world, in the business world, the high performer world, the people that are roaming where few dare to roam, you're gonna see big, humongous, massive egos. And when you don't see an ego, you're probably coming across somebody who's maybe later in their life and they've already done, maybe they're not as competitive anymore because they've done what they wanted to do. Or they're humble, but they farm out. Good cop, bad cop. They farm out the shark work. They harm out the big ego work. They harm out the muscle. I'm sorry, they farm it out. They farm that out, right? So they've got it in their organization. They've got it in their in their company. It's part of their power structure. There's egos. There's sharks. But they just farm it out. They can be good cop all the time. They can be Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Humble. Smile on their face. Gentle heart, gentle eyes. There's muscle somewhere. You meet powerful people. Somebody's the muscle. Somebody's the shark. Lawyers, etc. Never fool yourself with we're all some combination, same with ego, 
humility. We're all like a channel on a dial. Everyone is some combination of that. We're all usually vacillating. Someone who's evil, maybe just has a huge arrogance, whatever, is just, they're too much of one thing, right? Somebody who's evil might be just 90%. You say, oh, everybody has good and bad. Well, some people, their good is not so good, right? They have maybe 10% good. Really evil person. You can look in their eyes, just see evil. You look at their eyes every day, you're just going to see evil. There's not a good day. You're never going to see light in some people's eyes. Thank God that's normally a small percentage. And most people, a lot of people are under stress financially, whatever. They're repeating the programming of bad life, low vibration life, low vibration zip codes, etc. And maybe they're, you know, let's just say a 50-50 mix, good and bad. But if you're a bad person, right? Because to me, 50-50, I don't want those people in my life. I don't want them in my life. Stay away from me. That's not a good mix. As soon as I see those people, I try to get the hell out of the room. I'm trying to get out of the way. I, I don't want to be around. They bring out the worst of me. But if you're one of those bad people, you are, you are responsible. You're almost to blame for a lot of what's messed up in the world. Because when you're a bad person or you're a mostly bad person, you're a 50-50 bad person, even if you're a 40% bad person, you're part of what makes the world, you're part of what hardens people, part of what jades people, part of what makes nice people get some fangs, and they want to be mean to protect themselves from you. You're a disgusting person. I hope karma lands on you. I hope karma catches up to you in this dimension and the next. God willing. Because it's bad people that make bad people multiply. It's bad people that make even some good people fed up. And then those good people, oh man, those good people, they have to have an armor, right? That's the interesting thing about this life. It's like, I wrestle with that too. I always wrestle with the warrior and poet, the mix, yin and yang. How much big ego do you need, right, balancing that? Too much big ego, you crash or burn. Too much humility, you get all you get walked all over. People will mistake that kindness for weakness, and they will try to exploit you every chance they get in business and beyond. So the question with the warrior poet is how much warrior and how much poet? The poet being the sensitive, the poet being the the negotiator, the poet being the peacemaker, the poet being the artist, the poet being the lover, and the warrior being the, hey, you better not mess with me. You better pick somebody else. Right? ferocious, if need be. Honey badger, ferocious, if need be. That kind of warrior. Stop at nothing, that kind of warrior. You pick the wrong person, that kind of warrior. And you need that. You need some of that in this world. I learned that in inner city Baltimore. Scars of Baltimore taught me that. You better have some warrior armor on you. But too much warrior, you invite too many problems. You create problems you don't need. You can't, if you're a warrior, then a hammer becomes a solution to every problem. A sword becomes a solution to every problem. And a lot of problems, you don't need a sword. You need a tongue to solve the problem. The right words, the right energy, love. Right? It's no when when to bring peace, when to bring war. By the way, there's no war I know of right now that I really approve of. I don't like any of them. 
but we all in this world, we need some, how much warrior, how much poet? We're all constantly balancing that, and I wrestle with that. I mean, I've, I go through, so often I, I feel like, man, just so peaceful and even pacifistic and let love prevail and put more, be more of what you think the world needs, and the world needs more love, and the world needs more positivity. However, you have people out there that will take hardcore advantage of you. I just got an offer the other day. guy wanted me to come to China for lecture, for, for some seminars, six months. The offer was so insulting. It was so insulting, and I knew the guy. And he's all asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. It was so insulting. I said, you know, I'm a black belt, and I and I used a curse word, by the way. I'm an effing black belt, not a crack addict. What kind of rate? I'm going to go all the way across the world to China, which I loved. I've been there before. I've done seminars. I'm going to go all the way across the world to China, which I would love to go. But at that rate, are you kidding me? Who would do that? Would you go to one of the top professors in the world with that rate? Would you're coming to an educated person like me with my intellect, with my abilities and my accomplishments, and you would offer me that rate? What kind of insult is that? Again, I just thought, well, if you're giving me that offer, then you're looking to give a lot of other people that offer. You're looking to take advantage of people. That's not good. That's not cool. It's terrible. It's despicable. And I thought I need to send a message. Guys need to, like, they need to learn respect. They need to learn value. You don't value my ability to insult me with that. With that, Don't make an offer then. I'm sorry, buddy, but when you buy Frank Forza, Frank Carrera, you buy my products, you're buying premium. That's, I, that's how I value myself. If you don't look upon me with that value, don't be around me. Absolutely don't be around me. Look at the resume. Go look at my history. Go look at it. You better learn and come correct or don't come at all. All you got to do is do about 15, 20 minutes of research and you'll find, whoa, wow. What's that guy worth? We've got to pay him a lot more than this lowball offer. I took great offense to that, and I, and I normally don't. But I thought, man, you need an armor against people. People out there, vultures, looking to pounce, looking to, to, to lowball you and take advantage. Like, man, and then how many people do they succeed at taking advantage of? Ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. I was talking to a friend of mine even recently about business and their laws. I think it's Massachusetts and New York. I saw parts of New York where they're passing legislation, partly because women do get lowballed and don't speak up in the in the office. That's at least the reputation, and so they get taken advantage of. And then once, of course, once your bosses start lowballing you and reeling you in and paying you not as much money as you could make, then you just that sort of follows you, that shadows you. Once you get lowballed, it tends to you'll be lowballed and underpaid for years and years and years to come. You may never recover. And so parts of Massachusetts, New York are trying to pass legislation, or I guess they have, where you cannot ask employees what they made in their previous salary. Not allowed to ask them. I thought, how do I feel about that? And to be honest with you, in general, in general, I feel like, yeah, because it, it should be, what does the position pay? This shouldn't be like you're walking around the Middle East somewhere and, the, and a towel is $500 per, dollars for the rich person. And it's 
$5 for someone else. Or water is $2 if you're poor, but it's $20 if you're rich. No, the water should be 2 bucks. Whatever, it shouldn't even be that. But the, the job should, you know, the, the, the thing should be when somebody goes to get interviewed for a job, it should be, well, what does the position pay? Forget about this game of trying to lowball and get people and play this game and, and low bidding and no. What's the position pay? In general, that's how it should work. That's what I think. Valuing people. Say, oh, well, you don't have as much experience, but I want to pay you. want to go hire the person that has the experience you want then and pay them. And if you can't pay them well and they can't have a decent living, then they'll hire them. Maybe you shouldn't be in business. Valuing people. Valuing a dollar on people. The way people speak with their money. Their money will show you their values. When you come at somebody with a, especially a very educated, intelligent person with a lowball offer, you don't value them and you don't respect them. And stuff like that reminds me, hey, Frank, every now and again, you got to remind people. you got to remind them how hard you've worked, how tough you are, how gritty and grindy you've been to get everything you've gotten everything you've achieved. Sometimes they need to just see more than just a smile on your face. Sometimes they need to see the fangs a little bit. Sometimes they do. Because a lot of people in this world, unfortunately, will mistake kindness for weakness. So every now and again, you might have to have a chip on your shoulder. You might have to remind them, hey, don't take... Don't take me for granted. I command respect. I demand respect. I value myself. And if you don't, you will not last long in my life. You will not get the positive treatment. So you need a little bit of that. You don't want too much of it because it will consume you. And then you become negative, And then you become part of the reason the world's messed up. And then when you're really negative and mean, and then you... Other, you, you harden other people and they become negative and mean. Now the world has more of that. Because people are reacting to you and your negativity and now negativity is multiplying even more. But think a lot about that. Sort of the balance that we try to strike to be a, a complete person, a whole person, to get through through situations. And I think a lot about ego balance and and uh, big ego and humility, of course, that's what my TEDx talk was, and I just see it all over the business platform. Everyone's like, humble, humble, humble. Nobody, nobody defends big ego. Like, being, like, confidence is just this. Everybody acts like confidence is just this. Like, big ego and confidence aren't linked at all. Give me a break. Give me a break, please. What a flimsy definition of, people just want to gloss all over, like, just, Humility, 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 and then confidence is just a separate thing, and then give, give me a break. A lot of confidence is a big ego, please. It's a big, massive ego usually in the really high performers. That's what it is. So stop stop with the pretense because you're, you're feigning humility. You're trying to be humble. You know that it disarms people. You know that it endears you to them and makes everybody think that you're such a great person and you're basically hiding all your flaws and 
and again, I'm scared of people like that because they're the kind of people my my brother used to say they they shake with the right, in the right hand, they shake with the right and they stab with the left. I'd rather have somebody who has a little bit of an ego and I know what I'm dealing with. They're they're a lot less dangerous than the people that are fake and phony and have ulterior motives and pretend that they don't have an ego when they do and they're secretly driven and they're Machiavellian and whatever. Like, come on, stop. If you're in a high place and you're driven and you're a straight-A student and you're an entrepreneur and you want your company to be a billion-dollar company, you have an ego. And if you don't, you just sit down with somebody like me for about a half hour or an hour and I'll find it for you. And then we can shine a crystal ball and show it to the world if, if that's what you want to do. And instead of you sitting back and feigning how humble you are, you need a confidence because you need an armor. And unless you had the right parents to teach you, or unless you hit the DNA lottery, you're gonna—it's gonna take you a while to flirt with big ego and humility and, and figure it out, and get control of it. Sometimes you gotta play with that. You gotta—you gotta experiment with different. Different uh, different attitudes, different mindsets. There's a time to have a chip on your shoulder. Chip on your shoulder get, get, has gotten many people very far in their life, many athletes. Of course, there's a line you can cross and get yourself in trouble, of course. Always. There's a line you can cross with humility and get walked all over, stomped all over, and have a, you know, and, and, and have a horrible life being too humble. So there's always a balance to be struck there, and as far as a big ego, I'm all for a big ego. I think a big ego, that super confidence can take you far. Just try to balance it. Just double down. That ultimate mindset to me, what I think of, what I have named, what I call the ultimate mindset, as great as the greatest, as humble as the least. My words, my phraseology, that's the way I think of it knowing when to push those buttons. When do I need to think, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in a, an environment where I have to win, I have to be alpha, I have to dominate, as great as the greatest, running through me, pumping through me, so that I trust my subconscious, I trust my autopilot. My confidence is there, I'm in the moment, and I'm able to do what I do, I don't hesitate. Something higher, something greater is, is working through me, and I rise to the occasion, I rise, I'm be whatever I need to be to get the job done. That kind of unflappability, that kind of confidence and conviction is needed. That kind of, that elite faith is needed sometimes. There's also a time and a season for as humble as the least. When you see people and you don't, don't act like you're better than the waiter. Don't act like you're better than the janitor. Don't act like you can't mop the mats. Because you can and you should. Don't ask anybody to do a job that you wouldn't do, that you think you're above. I was a landscaper for 10 years. I was a waiter. I have mopped the mats. I've gotten down on my knees and scrubbed floors before. I've I've gotten, I've built underground pools before. Right? I've gotten underneath the hood of a car and gotten dirty. Many a time, I've gotten in the trenches training, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, sparring. I've done the dirty work, the muddy work, the gritty work. I'm not above it. Every sprint I've ever asked a kid in a class or an adult in a martial arts class to do, I've done. Anything I've ever asked any 
any clients to do in, in the business where I've done it. I'm not above any of it. I'm as humble as the least. And when I see somebody in a wheelchair, or I see somebody who, an autistic kid or a kid with Down syndrome, my heart goes out. My empathy runs deep for them. Somebody who lost a loved one, my empathy runs deep. Someone who committed suicide, my empathy runs deep. So maybe sometimes you say, oh, you're a little bit cocky, you're a little bit, well, maybe you need to see a broader spectrum of the picture. Maybe you need to see some of us in other moments and realize, no, 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 there's a lot of humility there to balance in the scale. Thank you very much. You better believe it. I've taken the blows. I've been, I've had the surgeries. I've been humbled. I've been beaten up physically more than 99.9% of the people ever will. Taken the blows. Been humbled, been exhausted, been humiliated, been embarrassed, failed, been rejected. I know that feeling well, and when I see other people, decent people go through it, I empathize with them. I, my, it's my instinct to want to help them. But when I see other people, their chest puffed out, and they're alpha, and they're looking down on me, and they want to walk over me, man, I'm like, I want to... I want to show you what alpha is, right? I still have that in me. Like, yeah, because I don't, I don't want to be stomped on. I don't want to be walked on. And I don't like that those people are in the world, and I don't like what they spread. Because I say, I have a saying, it, it's, you know, it's a precious thing you, to, to, to try and protect your smile in a world that constantly tries to rob you of it. I think that's one of the hardest things when you're at an age, especially when you're north of 40, as I am, where life is beating you up, a lot of rejection, a lot of failure, a lot of disappointments, and you just think you don't want to be jaded, right? You still you still want to have youthful exuberance. You still try to protect your smile, try to protect your optimism. Let the glass be half full. You, you want light in your eyes. You want love in your heart, even though... And you see people that are 40, they're 50, they're 60, they're 70, and they have that light in them. Imagine how much that person's been beaten up and stomped on by life. And yet they still bring a smile most of the time into the world. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful, magnificent thing. We should drop down and praise those people. Drop down and praise them. Because that's a beautiful thing. So that's what I'm talking about. Keeping your sanity sometimes can be the most amazing thing in this world. Sometimes that's the greatest achievement. It's not your medals. It's not your college degree. It's not your PhD. It's you kept your sanity. You're not a drug addict. You didn't quit. Sometimes you've got to praise yourself. You've got to pat yourself on the back for that. It's not easy in this world. This world's going to try to beat you up, smash you upside the head, stomp you in the groin. As I said in the TEDx talk, beat you. Smash upside the head with a with a steel chair. That's this world. It's got a lot of that waiting for you. It does. And if you don't think it does, go go spend some time in inner city Baltimore, some of the rougher places, or they're out there. So we always walk that line, like just trying to be a good person, but keeping enough of the warrior spirit so that hey, when people come and they think, hey, this is a good person to exploit. You gotta, you gotta send that message unequivocally. Hey, you picked the wrong person. I'm sorry. I think you might need to see a fang or two, right? You gotta have a little Hulk mode gear in you, or you gotta have a little, you know what? 
you got to have a little nasty in you, like they say in the offensive line in the NFL, the best ones, what do they always say about the best ones, and not just, oh, he's got great feet, and he's mobile, and he this, that, the other, great technique, what do they say? Nasty streak in him. you got to have a little bit of that in this life a lot of times, or you got to have somebody that does that protects you from the vultures, from the wolves. I wish it wasn't so, man. I wish it wasn't so. I wish it was all kumbaya and tree-hugging, and I, I wish it was. It'd be nice. I really wish that. That's why I love being up in the mountains and just being at peace and being among family and friends. Just It's nice, isn't it, when there's no knuckleheads around, no nobody trying to flex on you, nobody trying to intimidate you, nobody trying to make you feel small, nobody trying to take advantage of you, nobody trying to lowball you, nobody trying to insult you. Nobody trying to be menacing around you. It's beautiful when you don't have to worry about that. But what do you do when you encounter that? Yeah, you sidestep it. Get out of there. Get out of there for sure. See it, get out of there. As soon as you see it, get out of there. Don't wait. But what do you do sometimes when you maybe you can't get out of there quick enough? You've got to be ready to... Sometimes you... You know, you got to send a message to people. Hey, not me. You know, don't don't try to take advantage of me. Sometimes it's better. You send that message to a couple people, word gets around, and people people respect you. They realize, hey, you can't take advantage of this person. You know, make sure you 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 transmit that to some people, and then they say, hey, spread the word. This is my value. Command respect, and then send a message to the people that don't respect you, and. Tell them to spread the word, spread the gospel. Warrior poetry, how much? I think some people have way too much warrior. you got to have love in your heart. It's, if you're just hard all the time and the glass is half empty, then that's going to eat at you. It's going to gnaw at you. It's important for the glass to, most of the time, most days, to be half full. It's important to have the poet side and to be able to amplify that and love people and be able to smile and be grateful and be be soft a little bit. Have a soft side. Have empathy. Have Be gentle. Have humility. But make no mistake. This world can be very harsh. you got to have, as Tom Petty saying, you, you, you need rhino skin. in this world sometimes. So, that's it today. Life Jitsu, Art of Life, Warrior Poet, Striking the Right Balance, Big Ego Spectrum, you know, between confidence and big ego and humility, trying to strike that right balance in different situations. Command, I mean, if you're at the bottom of the mountain, you got to crawl up that mountain, you got to, 100, 200-pound boulder with you and tired, exhausted, you might have to be a little bit nasty. You might have to be a little bit gritty and grindy and miserable and hostile to get up that mountain. You might have to you're going to take everything you got to get up that mountain and get out of that spot, climb that thing exhausted. You might show up, you might be a little bit pissed off, a little angry, a little chip on your shoulder. It might take that. It might take that burst. It might take that explosion. It might take that dominance. It might take that alpha spirit, that warrior spirit to get you up the mountain. The poet spirit might not. It works sometimes. It doesn't work all the time. So 
knowing when to push the button, when you push the warrior, when you push the spirit button, finding the right balance. That's life. Knowing what buttons to push, knowing when the yin, when the yang, when the force, when the flow. So, Life Jitsu, Art of Life, www.frankieforza.com, inquiries, feedbacks, email, Frankie at FrankieForza.com. I'd love to hear from you. Starting real small, it's okay. I've been doing this a long time. And I believe I can do it better than the vast, vast majority out there. I believe I can do this top of the pyramid eventually. So we're going to start small, get comfortable. But I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this over a quarter century. And and I believe I can, can take it to a very, very high level in a very short time. So. I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the feedback. And I wish you luck out there as you just, you know, just something to think about. Tune in soon. All the best. Thank you so much.